1: Welcome to an hour of our time. Thank you for listening. And please find us and rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the regular stuff. And find us on social media like Instagram. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about American folklore, specifically tall tales. We're going to talk about the likes of Paul Bunyan, Pecos Bill, talk about the difference between uh, fake lore and real folklore, and talk about even some modern examples of tall tales. My name is Joe. I'm Dave, and I'm Mark. Get your lasso killed in the bear when he was only three.
2: Yep, I heard him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, uh... Remember, wasn't that the show where the guy kept farting? It
2: was a big old huge guy standing right in front of me with a hockey jersey. He kept farting
3: all the whole time. I didn't go with this. How long were his jean shorts, like Kevin Smith? <laughs> so my folklore, <laughs> I almost came up with one called um, Huge Tom. And it was just like a big sloppy dude in big jean shorts. But I ended up going away from that. But Maybe I'll, maybe we'll talk about Huge Tom. Huge. <laughs> I, eventually, he was called Big Slop. <laughs> He goes by many names. Huge Tom, Big Slop. Fast Big Tits. Whatever you want to call him. And it's not making fun of him for being large. It's more making fun of him for everything else he does to emphasize the point.
2: For fucking farting in front of
3: me and ruining a concert. Farting. Clearly not trying.
1: Oh, I like this one. <laughs>
3: We had to move to the back of the room because Mark was getting gassed.
1: (laughs) He was on his way to join the cast of Roseanne after John Goodman left. (laughs) (laughs) Big Tom.
3: Well, I heard about um, a a fake, like a pseudo-folklore guy named, I think, Big Steve. It was like from the 40s. Grove Cleveland. Big Steve. (laughs) Big Steve. Yeah. But I couldn't find information about Big Steve, just that Big Steve existed as a what they call fake lore and i will talk about what that means
1: okay. Wait, we were actually we were looking up we couldn't remember who killed who like gateau and and chol and i thought gateau killed cleveland but cleveland was not assassinated but big steve is one of his nicknames big steve
3: why his big name is grover cleveland his
1: obstinacy and uncle jumbo
3: uncle jumbo
1: i was <laughs> my um, god
3: what is this i got an alexa device for christmas so my mom bought a two-pack it was a ring doorbell and an alexa device um,
1: So, anything for the government to know where you were. Does your Alexa keep turning itself on? Well, first of all,
3: I couldn't take one of them back because it was a two-pack. Okay. And I don't have a doorbell. Uh, Presumably, I'll have a doorbell in my new home. But I didn't think I'd use the Alexa device. I love this thing. Because every day I can play Jeopardy! And what they do is they give you a sixth (laughs) question. Alexa loves Jeopardy! I know. Guess what one of the questions was about? Um, Robert Lincoln was present at the assassination at the train station assassination of what president and i was like oh shit i was just talking about this
2: we had an alexa it's garfield plugged in in our and plugged in in our bedroom and in the middle of the night it kept going playing jeopardy
3: it doesn't do that to me it will play our podcast though and it says the subtitles yeah and Always gets it right instead of and says, Flavian blasted Dorito. That was the one that I liked a lot. We should um, post that video. I'm gonna on our forget, so I'm
1: gonna say it now. Davy mm-hmm. Crockett was one of the people that thwarted the assassination attempt on uh, Jackson. On Jackson. So about that, that is legend. Well, everything about him is, but I I just knew I didn't write it down. I knew oh. I was gonna forget to say it.
3: Well, I always like to talk about that because because there's also part of that where <laughs> after it was that. Um, the story I've always heard is that Jackson was about to be shot by a guy with a Derringer pistol, the pistol jammed, and then Jackson attacked the guy with his cane and was restrained by Davy Crockett. And from what I've read, every bit of that is true, except the Davy Crockett part is debated. But that definitely means that a guy tried to shoot Jackson. did the least didn't impor- work, important and, part of that yeah, story. Jackson got his cane out and just
1: went for oh, the interesting. guy. Interesting. What I read was that Jackson like helped stop him from getting shot. There's many a tall tale about that. Speaking of which, yeah. our topic today is tall tales. Yeah, American folklore. This is a fun one. So,
3: I as I always like to, to start with the definition, but I really wanted to look this up because a lot of the things that I researched were names that we didn't recognize when we, looked, when we started to plan this, and I discovered that two of the ones I looked up are considered fake lore, and it's because it runs counter to what folklore is. So I came up with, by mashing together about three definitions that I was looking at, I came up with a definition for folklore that I think sums it up pretty well.
1: Tall-tailored folklore.
3: Um, In my research, they're the same thing.
1: Okay, interesting. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. What I have for folklore is a traditional belief custom uh, sorry traditional beliefs customs and stories shared by a community passed through generations via oral traditions such as tales proverbs songs and jokes
1: interesting because my definition of tall tales is a lot more specific interesting it's a fictional story that stretches the truth and is larger than life that's a tall tale folklore is like Mm. a large umbrella term for all the stories and stuff a tall tale specifically is one that is clearly fictional because it's like nobody really wrote a, a twister. So it's like all whiskey. Kind of it's
3: whiskey and scotch. It's all tall tales are folklore, but not all folktales are tall tales. Yeah. Not all folklore is tall tales.
1: All cheddar is folklore, and all whiskey is, <laughs> is cheese. Is thumbs. <laughs> it's thumbs. <laughs> I would argue that tall tales are a
2: unique and interesting element. Of American folk literature traditions um, I would I would not argue with you I
3: think you you don't need to argue that Mark,
2: many of the <laughs> tall tale stories that we're familiar with today are part of the frontier and Old West times the 1800s um, many tall tales um, are believed to have arisen as one-upsmanship storytelling An exaggeration while people gathered to socialize or entertain one another. But it seems like a lot of these are um, profession
1: related. Oh, like rock on tour.
3: But it's really difficult to trace their exact origin, Mm -hmm. which is what makes some of the ones I looked at fake lore because you can easily trace their origin because
1: somebody said, Yeah, I created this to do a thing. Oh. Like in the 50s. So there's got to be an air of credulity about it.
3: Usually fake lore or what's called pseudo folklore is when somebody either takes an existing folklore story and then like twists it or in the cases that I looked at combines like I made this new character I'm going to pin him with Paul Bunyan and make these new stories to give it the certain air but it's not really folklore because it didn't come up through the generations it didn't um it didn't uh, get spread that way. Although it could become folklore, it it begs the question of the difference between origin and ongoing practice.
2: I think Pecos Bill is a good example of that. Yeah, the we'll one talk that talk about him.
3: Uh, Feebled Feeboldson is the best example of fake lore that I found. Okay. We should save some of mine for last, I think, because of that. They're not that old.
2: Some tall but tales can be exaggerated versions of actual historic people, like Davy Crockett, Johnny Appleseed. We know that they're real historical figures. Yep. Um, some tall tales can be exaggerated versions of actual historic people like Davy Crockett or Johnny Appleseed. We know that they're real historical people, mm-hmm. uh, or totally fictional figures in fantastic situations. There's Paul Bunyan or the Croatian American Pittsburgher Joe Magarac.
3: And I've got a whole bunch on Joe Magarac.
1: Oh shit. Yeah.
3: I got a whole bunch. Um, so is Washington cutting down the cherry tree a tall tale? Is it folklore? It's folklore. It's not a tall tale.
1: Depends on how important you make the cherry tree, I guess. Like,
3: or how likely it is for a child to be able to cut down a cherry tree.
1: Yeah. Well, him and Lincoln never being able to tell a lie—they're basically the same thing. Like, I think that's—it's more of like a fable because it didn't it's like oh. a dumb little pithy story to tell a, a lesson. That's so true. Like a, what's the word like for a parable. parable a yeah. parable or like uh lincoln walking across the the country and offering legal services to anybody who needed it pro bono or something that was a story i was told in elementary school as well yeah he walked or he walked across uh illinois and helped the peasants or whatever hmm. the peasants <laughs> It was really, you you know, how these folklore stories go. Oh, they were living out in the Dust Bowl before the Dust Bowl existed. Right. It's it's a fake lore thing, right? Where they're just mashing together different eras. But eventually Uh, that's folklore.
2: Australia. (laughs) That's true. Australia, Canada, and many other countries have their own tall tale characters that developed out of storytelling traditions similar in the same way as they did in American frontier times. Like... There are particular Australian characters and situations that come up for
3: our Australian people. Crocodile Dundee. Yep. Colin Hay. Paul
1: Hogan, just as himself. I don't know where he is now. I don't know if he ever existed. So where should we start? Mark, do you want to start with yours? I don't think there's really a chronology to this necessarily. What did you
3: what did you learn about?
1: I did Paul Bunyan first. Oh, yeah. So no. maybe we should start with him. I've got to start
3: there because I can't talk about mine without knowing about Paul Bunyan. He is
2: the most famous tall tale figure that I know of. And I kind of suggested this topic because I was thinking about like, where the fuck did a story about a big giant man and an ox and like he's a lumberjack? Where did that come from? But learning more about this makes total sense. Okay, let's go. His legendary status and unbelievable feats of labor arose among North American loggers Big feats From Michigan westward um, He was later popularized in a series of pamphlets promoting the Red River Logging Company written by William P. Loghead So this story was his name? William P. Loghead L-A-U-G-H-E-A-D oh, okay.
3: That is still Serendipitous <laughs>
1: That's like if your last name was Glass and you blew Glass, which is a real thing of someone we know. Huh. Anyway, Loghead. I you wonder
3: if they would have done it otherwise.
1: Well,
2: I think that this is a good example of a story <laughs> that actually came about in the context of people shitting around in a labor, yeah. a logging like camp. Like, age hey, you're about this guy? He's big. He's a big
1: guy. I work at a deli. My name's Meathead. <laughs>
3: Now I'm Phil Bologna.
1: <laughs> it's in my blood, but it it
2: it later became so prevalent that somebody wrote about the character
3: to promote a company. So
1: gotcha. I just came up with a tall tale. I don't think this is. <laughs> fake, can,
3: can can we? Can I say something that you should put right before Mark's story? Yes. Joe, you should add in some old timey music here.
1: <laughs> okay. I just wanted to add. I didn't write this down for a modern folklore, although I do have a couple. There's an auto center on Indianola called Keith Cheeseman's. (laughs) And every time I drive past it, I like to imagine a heated interaction that he had with his father. Where he's like, but dad, I want to open an auto collision repair center. He goes, you're a cheese man. (laughs) 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 I'm passing down my collection of cloth to you and our moist dungeon. There's that place in Parks and Rec that is a tire store that sells donuts. <laughs> anyway, I will stop interrupting. Sorry.
3: All right. So there
2: are several theories as to the origin of Paul Bunyan's name, but the most interesting is of Franco Canadian origin. Uh, Bunyan is phonetically similar to the Quebecois expression
3: of disbelief. Bunyan! <laughs> I thought it was just
1: a big feet. Yeah,
3: the podiatrist was looking to sell some shoes. That was the That's other what thing. What podiatrists do? They sell shoes. Huh? This,
2: this feels like it makes more sense. <laughs> they think that
3: shoes.
2: they think that this legend is probably Canadian and it kind of migrated.
3: That makes sense. I mean, the lumberjack thing certainly. Oh fits yeah. To that, yeah.
2: So Paul Bunyan is described as a huge and powerful man who ruled a massive labor camp.
3: How huge? Because I got, I got specific heights here. He's a giant, right?
2: He's accompanied by a blue ox. He he's is described as seven to eight feet tall.
3: That's not that big. In, well, I have conflict, no.
2: conflicting numbers. Yeah, I do too. But he also created the Grand Canyon by dragging an axe. So who the fuck knows?
3: Yeah, so you're telling me like Shaq could drag an
1: axe and create the Grand Canyon? I don't think so. There's a Disney cartoon where he's like 200 feet tall. <laughs>
2: Why is Shaq hawking printer ink now? He's hawking everything. The fuck is going on? He
3: does this. the general. Uh, I hot, but I, yeah, but I don't think that he can create the Grand Canyon. But two hundred seems awfully big too. I'm saying like maybe like 25, 30 feet tall. Big, but not like like. I fluctuate <laughs> forty to thirty feet every month Where my ox hang. <laughs> so
2: like you riding to a to see- blue ox. He's described as seven to eight feet tall with an equal stride. He could outdrink any man, Red Forest, and was very ingenious in difficult situations. Um, tree branches would fall with the power of his voice, and in one story, he fashioned a horn out of a, a tree trunk to, to toot on it to <laughs> call his men back for dinner. And um,
3: sixty acres of trees fell down with the blast. He once farted and the dodo went extinct. <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: uh, he required a full-time worker to shovel tobacco into his massive pipe.
3: <laughs> to which he said, fuck that bird. <laughs> Paul Bunyan.
1: He tripped on a rock and caused the Jap- Japanese tsunami.
2: <laughs> um, tall tale stories sometimes okay. have an element of geography creation to them. Sure. Um, Paul Bunyan supposedly scooped out a hole. To create Lake Superior, somebody had to do it. Scooped out, and uh,
3: <laughs> Mark has in the past described to people as being scooped out, but I never
1: quite fully understood it. I think it's got multiple. Yeah, it depends on context.
2: I think I also described somebody as looking like they were carved out of a bar of soap. <laughs>
3: yes, you did. Mark is amazing at describing people, but more and so, it smells. He's great at describing. Smells, and sounds. Yeah,
1: what what uh, what's your summation of the name Blake? Blake, (laughs) it's the sound that you make when you throw up wet
3: cereal (laughs) onto a kitchen floor specifically. Blake, (laughs) how could you throw up dry cereal? It's wet coming out. It would hurt. Yeah, no, but you can't. You can eat dry cereal, but it's wet coming out.
2: Um, and as I already mentioned, the Grand Canyon was obviously created by Paul Bunyan dragging his massive axe.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Axe.
2: Um, one of the most famous Paul Bunyan stories involves his love of pancakes.
3: Oh yeah. As
2: many of you may remember. He and I share that.
3: that Um, (laughs) dream.
2: it involves a bunch of men skating with little butter shoes over a huge skillet. (laughs) And, uh. Rustling him up, massive amounts of pancakes, which he ate in a single bite.
3: So wait a second. Wait, you guys know Little Butter Shoes? There are men, <laughs> on Cleveland men Avenue. full-grown men skating on a skillet for Paul Bunyan, and he's only seven feet tall? <laughs> he's got to be like 30 feet tall.
2: There's a a regional story, I think, from Oregon where there are 200 Japanese cooks that skate on the pan with Butter Shoes to make him pancakes. Why? Because I think there might be somewhat more Japanese people on the West Coast. Well, there are. At the time.
3: Yeah. yeah but there were, but yeah.
2: Um, in some stories, Paul wasn't as smart and ordered camp supplies by drawing pictures. And in one story, he got <laughs> this could one. could be a
3: drunk at Denny's. <laughs> this
2: one. <laughs> Two. <laughs> in one story, he got giant wheels of cheese instead of grindstones.
3: Uh, I up. think
2: that this might be some sort of crude joke.
3: On him or the reader?
2: The re- the reader. I don't know. I it's guess. like a
1: funny gag, but I think it's a dumb joke. Is it about Italians? I mean, they like cheese.
3: It's about Italians.
1: <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> I usually just assume it's about Italians or Irish if it's from this era.
3: They also called Paul Bunyan the big ragu. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Babe the Blue Ox accompanied... Bonyen as well. Um He was reportedly five thousand oh, no. pounds and had the strength of nine <laughs> horses.
3: Nine horses. Yes. How about uh, what was his weight?
2: Five thousand pounds.
3: So how big? It's a pussy ass. I think 5, that that's 000. probably
2: a normal weight for like a big ox. I don't know.
3: <clears throat> I would think an ox is. I mean, maybe not five thousand pounds, but like,
1: yeah. I don't know. How much does a? Yeah. How much does an ox weigh? Go, Go on. A like thousand pounds. I don't know.
3: Oh, well, if it's only a 1,000 pounds, a 5,000 pound ox is fucking Um, huge.
2: (laughs) Babe was originally white, but was permanently blue after laying outside all winter, which for some reason produced blue snow.
3: And also made him blue.
2: Made him blue. There's a story where... So, Babe helped Paul Bunyan strip and haul lumber around, but sometimes got into mischief in the lumber camp. Like take his clothes off and then do his work?
3: See strip and haul lumber around.
2: Oh, they were. T- That's what, what you call it. Some of these stories, I was kind of confused
3: about. What let me they me strip and haul my lumber.
2: So they would tie up a, a, a big tree log to, to the ox, and Paul Bunyan would just like rip all the bark off of it with his bare hands. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, in one story, there was a log jam on a river, and um, Paul Bunyan like shot, circle. shot Babe in the ass with a rifle. And made its tail spin to reverse the current of the river,
3: at the expense of shooting his ox.
2: Yeah, well, he he's so powerful; he was fine. He must
3: have been a union man.
2: In another story, the uh, mighty Mississippi was created <laughs> when Babe knocked over a water tank.
1: <laughs> that's oh. that's more about the water tank than the ox.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a
1: big old water tank. By the way, uh, um, the ox is about five times the size of a regular ox. So an
3: ox is usually about a 1,000 pounds. About
1: 1,200, but I mean.
3: That's a big ox.
2: Um, There was another story uh, that I read where uh, the camp cook was making giant loaves of bread for Paul Bunyan, but by the time the cook walked all the way around the oven, the bread burnt. So the men ate the inside of the bread, but they used the burnt um, crust as a bunkhouse
1: for people to live in.
3: Yeah. So it's, he's he's seven feet tall. Yeah.
1: It really sounds to me like Paul Bunyan's a fucking liability. Yeah. He's well, he's efficient, though. Ripping gorges out of the ground and knocking over water towers. and. But he's stripping that tree bark like lightning he's sneezing and knocking down all the buildings like jesus christ man get the hell out of here yeah he's got an element of stay puff marshmallow man to him (laughs) yeah i want to see a modern gritty version of paul bunyan which will exist i'm sure where he's vilified like frankenstein and he just means well and he gets harry and the henderson's we don't want your hair (laughs) there are
2: several other tall tale characters related to paul bunyan um his cousin tony beaver is a logger in the American South.
3: Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he um, is. His associate back.
2: His associate Kemp Morgan. They fought each other in the Civil War. <laughs> dug all the wells and oil wells in Texas and Oklahoma. So these guys are just gonna control everything. And his brother <laughs> was none other than Pecos Bill.
3: Why wouldn't they have the same last name?
2: Pecos Bill Bunyan.
1: Oh, Yes, first of Pecos. <laughs> it, is Pecos Bill also between ten and a thousand feet tall? No, he he seems to be described as a normal sized man.
2: So, so five to a thousand feet Do you tall. You want to go on and talk about him or, or talk about somebody else? No,
3: so, Bisco Pecos Bill. Regular okay. size for the
2: time, so is, like about four feet.
3: Is that a common thing in the Pecos Bill lore that he is Paul Bunyan's brother? I'd never heard of that. I'd before. never heard that.
1: No. Also, I don't remember anything about
3: Pecos Bill, so I'm not a credible source.
1: I only know he... Patrick Swayze played him. I almost said he played Patrick Swayze in a Disney movie called Tall Tale, which I did not get a chance to watch, but it's Pecos Bill, Paul Bunyan, and somebody else.
3: Patrick Swayze <clears> voiced <throat> him? or It's a, a live action,
1: action movie, and he, he hmm. does, well, I won't tell you what he does, because Mark's going to get to that, but he does, what, he Was does it, what Pecos Bill does.
3: Were Tall Tale
2: something that you remember talking about in school? I remember yeah. learning
1: about Paul Bunyan and um,
3: John Henry okay. in elementary school. I think that there's a popular
1: yeah. children's book about tall tales there is and I, I went to johnny Appleseed's supposed grave in elementary school like there's a little cabin that's i don't think anybody gave a shit about it i, I think it was like a tourist attraction then they're like oh this is stupid and they abandoned it but they're supposed to be where his grave is and there's like a little house
3: i had a friend in elementary school who claimed that he was a descendant of johnny appleseed but i think it's more likely that he's a descendant of an apple it's brent appleseed yeah i, yeah, I <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about man there's a brent
1: apple hi i'm brent appleseed there's a, Chad Appleseed. he wore a frying pan on his head, yeah. but not for a good reason.
2: Yeah. There's a grave attributed to Paul Bunyan in Minnesota, I think. It's called
3: the Great Smoky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Which is not in Minnesota, but yeah, you know what I'm saying.
1: It's the Mall of America it's the mall. built on his grave. <laughs> it's a Vikings stadium. It's like a oh, poltergeist. The University of Minnesota. There's going to be a new poltergeist, and the Mall of America is going to be haunted because they built it on Paul Bunyan's grave.
3: Oh, my God, we need to write that script now. Get Tyler on the horn.
1: Okay, so Pecos
2: Bill. Um, Pecos Bill stories grew out of Old West cowboy culture. Um, And I think that this is probably a fake lore sort of thing because one man, um, Edward O'Reilly was credited as writing a lot of stories
3: about Pecos Bill. Yep, that sounded like fake lore.
2: He had a couple books. One of them came out in 1917, in, into the 20s. So I, I don't know how original this is. Is like a a storytelling tradition, but it's...
3: Well, the Paul Bunyan lore, that dates back to the 1800s?
2: Or like when? Probably early 1800s. It It, it had the air of authenticity and then... People kind of perpetuated it, but...
3: Which is what makes it folklore.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so, Pecos Bill was born in the 1830s. He was the youngest of 18 children. He used a bowie knife as a teething ring.
1: Hell yeah.
3: Yeah, he did.
2: He fell out of his family's wagon and was washed away when crossing the Pecos River,
1: which is where he gets his name. So, like, Moses? Or... or Perseus?
3: <laughs> Where's the Pecos River?
1: Um It's in
2: Texas. Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> he was he was rescued by coyotes and raised in the wilderness, like Nell, like from, the Nell. Nell. <laughs> Nell oh. from the movie Nell.
3: Are you Nell from the movie Nell?
2: Pecos Bill was eventually rediscovered by his family and rejoined society and became a cowhand. He is credited with inventing both the lasso and the branding iron.
1: Okay.
3: Okay. Well, it sounds like what a cowhand <coughs> would do. Remember
1: the guy who got raised by wolves, and then they tried to like introduce him into British society
3: in the nineteenth like, century? They, like ran off. Or I remember the story. Yeah. Uh,
2: There's a um, fake lore. Fake lore. Sir Werner Herzog movie about that. Really? I'm sure there is. What's that called? There was a I forget. Wolfman. I forget. I don't know. There was supposedly a... um,
1: You must never listen to this audio. Let me see the child.
2: (laughs) There was supposedly a little feral German kid that...
1: I want to see the baby.
2: The court was fascinated with in the 1790s or something. Hmm. Okay. So in stories, um, Pecos Bill wrote a cyclone. Yeah, he did. Here are some of his feats. I remember that. Wrote a cyclone. Lassoed Tyson? a whole herd of cattle at once. Okay. Used a rattlesnake as a whip. Diverted the Rio Grande to supply water to his ranch. Um, this is a goofy ass story. Um, there's a story where Bill m- meets a woman named Slewfoot Sue.
3: We all do. someday. Who? Christ.
1: He found the Davis Motel. <laughs>
2: So he found Slewfoot Susu Sue um, riding down the Rio Grande on a huge catfish, <laughs> the size of a whale.
1: It was the first cat, first catfishing story. And he says, and he he cat called her. Catfish want,
2: called her. I want, I want. I like what I'm seeing.
3: Does he get catfished?
2: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> that's where That's what that I thought. Was, I was. Wrong. I
2: thought I was getting the catfish, but now I got to yeah. take you out. Bill tried to impress her, but. Uh, all she was interested in was riding Bill's horse. Yep. Is that a euphemism? Riding his hog. Riding his <laughs> horse. So, Bill Pecos Bill had a horse named Widowmaker, whose favorite food was dynamite. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can we open a restaurant themed around all of this?
2: And... When Sue tried to ride his horse, um, Widowmaker bucked her to the moon, (laughs) and she never came
3: back.
0: (laughs) This is definitely
3: some sort of, like, it's got to be a, uh, it's a sex story. (laughs) To the moon. She got Jackie Gleasoned for real?
2: (laughs) So, <laughs> Pe- <laughs> Pecos Bill reportedly laughed himself to death <laughs> when a man from Boston in a mail-order cowboy outfit came to visit him.
3: He had pace picante. No, he had a, what, New, what's New York guy, City. What's the guy have? He's got he got the New York City salsa. Pace picante is the good stuff. Uh, supposedly, I don't know. Well, in the <laughs>
1: commercial. He was trying to sell him a cyclone vacuum cleaner.
2: I'll ride that. This one will tear your dick off.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> so, do do Mark? You had another one. What else do you have?
2: Um, I have a couple examples of actual people. So why don't we talk about
1: somebody else's? My people are pretty much real people as well. Okay.
3: Well, why don't can I talk about one? Because I have one that plays off of Paul Bunyan. Okay.
1: And that is Tony Beaver Feebold
3: Feebleson. <laughs> so this is a good example of fake lore because this was created. This character was created by a man named Wayne Carl or Carol. Two L's. Um, in 1923, it was first published in the Gothenburg Independent, which was a newspaper in Gothenburg, Nebraska. Um, he was uh, Wayne. Carol was a lumber salesman and created this character to help his business. Um, Used uh, Feebleson in advertising um, as a variation of Paul Bunyan and eventually teamed the two up in stories. Um, He was originally a lumberjack character, but due to the fact that there are not very many trees in the Great Plains, he switched him to a strong man um, because he's just big and strong, much like... um, Big boss man. Yeah, big boss man. Um, He was inspired by a real person named Olaf Bergström. Olaf Bergström was a Swedish immigrant that helped settle the town of Gothenburg uh, by recruiting other Swedes to join him. Um, He is infamous for having killed a house guest with a shotgun, going to trial, giving the jury each $20 of being acquitted, and then carried back with applause. He was a very popular man in this town. I don't (laughs) know the whole story with that, but that apparently happened. They all bought a house. The first story of Feebold Feebleson um, is called Paul Bunyan and Feebold, in which the two of them, one, try to account for the death of Babe the Blue Ox. They're both portrayed as giants that help settle the American West. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's in this story, but in other stories of Feebold Feebleson, he is um, fighting Native Americans. A tribe they call the Dirty Legs. The Dirty Leg tribe. Yep. Um, He's fighting politicians. He fights disease outbreaks, droughts, tornadoes, and excessive heat and cold. Because I guess that's a thing at the time. Um, and this char- character was still written about, mainly by by Wayne Carroll, until 1937. But again, an example of fake lore, and he would say so himself because it was just created as a publication piece tied into the Paul Bunyan folklore, um, doesn't really have much of a standing in Nebraska anymore. People really don't... This isn't a carried on character, thus making it not folklore. Um, there is a f- uh, folklorist named... Uh, Luis Pond, who described he he used the word fake lore in describing Feebled Feebertson, but also said that it's um, it's lore of the literary class and lore of the educated educated lovers of lore is how he described fa- fake lore in, in this uh, as an example. So yeah, there's one. Okay, Feebled Feibertson is yeah. so Swedish it seems, plainsman.
2: It kind of seems like um, Paul Bunyan is the original.
3: He's sort of the classic example. Classic He's the thing. archetype. And for then
2: folk, other American people folklore. kind of based other characters off of that. I mean, so, in, yeah. in
3: terms of the folklore that is based around like a big, strong, um, uh, a big, strong man with a focus on his job. Because there's also folklore about <clears throat> monsters and like other things like mm. that. But we're talking when we talk about American folklore from the the frontier days. When you talk about the, the big strong guy doing a thing, Paul Bunyan is sort of your archetype. Yeah. Well,
1: this actually is really well into John Henry. Yes. So mentioning strong man, representative of some values, doing a job. And through that job he represents the interests of the common man or a problem in society. Uh John Henry is more that than perhaps Paul Bunyan, but John Henry uh, is an individual who was born a slave in the 1840s or 1850s. Mm -hmm. And the belief is that this was a real man. He was a railroad worker. And over time, his legend expanded. Right? Sure. He worked during reconstruction. He, um, after the civil war for, for context, um, what we know about the actual John Henry is, as I said, he was born a slave. He died in his thirties. He had a young, pretty wife and a baby. Um, his story is told through ballads and work songs primarily. There's a very famous lyric sheet from the 1930s and 40s that just tells a story uh, beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I remember going through that song when I was in elementary school. Yeah, uh, it's been there have been many different recordings of the song through for the last hundred years essentially. Um, but he, you know, his story traveled on the railroads. So he started on one end of the country and then it just went coast to coast, or maybe he was in the middle of the country at the time, but it sort of just orally passed, the fish got bigger, so to speak, as railroad workers found solace in the story of his triumph, which I'll get into right now. Sure. Um, So he was born in either North Carolina or Virginia. He grew to be six feet tall and around 200 pounds, which for the time is very large. That's a big guy. By the way, there, I kept finding trailers for a Terry Crews movie, John Henry, which I thought was a modern reimagining of the story of John Henry, but it's not. It, I couldn't tell what it was. Ludacris is in it. He's got like a metal jaw.
3: <laughs> is it? It's, it was out a while ago?
1: It, it's coming out this year. He carries a sledgehammer. There's people getting shot. Terry Crews has a gray beard. There's a lot of violence, and he has a sledgehammer, but he's a good man. I don't, I don't know what it's about. The John trailer... Henry
3: died in his 30s. Why does he have a gray beard?
1: Well, this is not John Henry. He's named after John Henry. Oh. So just to clarify, not a movie based on the legend. If you're looking up John Henry, that movie, not the source material is not this. It's Terry Crews taking a serious turn. Interesting. I assume he's going to kill Ludacris with a sledgehammer. I, I, that's all, all I can guess. I'd watch that. Um, very yeah. hungry man. Very hungry for work. And he is said to have had a beautiful baritone voice and a favorite banjo player to all who knew him. So, well-rounded individual.
3: <clears throat> he played the banjo? Or he liked the he banjo? He played the banjo. Okay.
1: Uh, I guess back then, you, you know, when you're not working the railroad, you got a lot of free time. Although they say that he worked from six to five. It's a long so. day. <laughs> it is. Um, I think they mean 23 hours. I think that's what they're implying. Right?
3: I was thinking 6 a.m. to 5 p.m.
1: I think they mean like he works 6 to 5. One of if my he slept for an hour and then got up and started swinging. One
3: of my <laughs> characters he uh, he worked twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year, and they said he he worked the equivalent of twenty nine men. I haven't been able to make that math work, so I thought we could try that <laughs> later.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, His story is representative of a lot of black men in the country at that time who were freed from slavery but given nothing, no land, no jobs, no income. We talked about this Thanks, with Andrew and, Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so he worked on the railroad under terrible conditions, and, and this was accurate. Bad wages, bad conditions.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, said he worked for the C&O Railroad Company, which was, of course, a wealthy company that was extending from the Chesapeake Bay to the Ohio Valley. <clears throat> so working in the Midwest. He was a steel driver, who uh, also known as a hammer man.
3: Steel driving
1: man. <laughs> um, and what they would do, they would... Take a big drill or spike, hammer it into the side of a mountain. Somebody else would twist it like a drill, and then they'd hit it again, they twist it. So you're basically just working your way through mountains, hills and mountains and just rocks, right? Terrible job. Sounds like tough work. It's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> really hard. But you just, you know, you that's what he did. So they're rolling right along and then they come to the big bend mountain. This is where the legend takes place. It was a mile and a quarter thick mountain. They could not build around it, so they had to go through it. Um, And apparently it took a thousand men three years to finish. They could barely see inside the tunnel, and they would choke on the dust. Hundreds of men died uh, through the process of actually doing this. And they just had, similar to our plague episode, they just had mass graves for all these guys. That's all real. This all rings true. Hmm. But, uh, you know, this is all going really difficult. John Henry is the strongest, most powerful man out out of all these. He's still going strong. He has a 14 pound hammer. It's a big hammer. Yeah. He could go 10 to 20 feet in a 12 hour day. Okay.
3: That seems like a lot.
1: So one day somebody comes to camp and wants to still sell a steam powered machine that could out drill any man. This is where we start to get into the real themes of the story. (laughs) It says, (laughs) so so John Henry doesn't take too kindly to this. And so he says, I can.
3: He sees it as a threat instead of, uh, thank God, I don't have to drill through this mountain anymore. That's correct, because it's
1: a point of pride for him. So he says, I can get through this mountain faster than the machine can. And he puts us all into it. He works his ass off. He beats the machine, dies of exhaustion. Some stories say he died on the spot, some he went home, asked for a cool glass of water, and died with his pretty wife by his side. It's important that the wife is pretty. It is always mentioned. She's young and pretty.
3: Nice big strapping guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you can pretty much gather what the the themes of this are. Like, what happened 1820 to 1840? The Industrial Revolution. Yes. And as that develops into the 60s and 70s of the 1860s, and 1870s,
3: people get afraid of it.
1: People are afraid of it and their jobs are being replaced by machinery. Yeah. And so if there's a rallying cry for all these guys on the railroad who want to work, it's somebody who beat the machine. Now, I read this and got a little bit, I don't know, cynical about it. Like if there is a story passing through all these guys, making them work harder does that not benefit the company ultimately? It does. You know what I mean?
3: This is the honest thing.
1: Thanks, yeah. Rusty. Spinning that damn wheel. Um, so, an interesting story. Um. You can apply this kind of story to things today of like, you know, valu- valuing human work over whatever. Sure. And it's also representative because it's a black man uh, during reconstruction who i think it also speaks to the idea of you don't want to be outmoded you you just got your you know you 1865 the emancipation proclamation happens right the story becomes popular and it's really like well we just got agency and we have something to do but now we're going to get outmoded already i can see where that would kind of catch on really quickly sure and his, I thought his name was John Henry Irons, but as I mentioned last time, that is the guy Steele who picks up where Superman left off after he dies in the 90s, played by Shaquille O'Neal in the film.
3: Wait, that is based on a DC comic? <coughs> yeah, I is. thought that was a completely different story. It's the same guy. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. I've never Probably seen that movie.
1: Took some liberties. Yeah. Um, I also have a couple other real guys, unless you guys want to... Uh, Go for it. Okay. Let's talk about Paul Revere for a second. I would argue... Making,
3: making spoons, silverware.
1: And teeth, too, right?
3: That's what he did. That's so, how they knew there was that story that they identified a body during the Revolutionary War because he had Paul Revere's teeth.
1: Uh, um, teeth that Paul Revere made. Yeah, to clarify. Out of like a clarify, a hippopotamus he, jaws and teeth and stuff? Something
3: like that. It was made out of all kinds of stuff, but I think a lot of it was silver because he was a silversmith.
1: There you go. So what do we know about Paul Revere's Midnight Ride? What is the famous story?
3: Well, it's the... Oh, Two if by one if by land two if by sea. Mm-hmm. I've been to the old North Church where he lit the lantern.
1: <clears throat> it's interesting. So he rides from Boston to Concord to get to Samuel Adams and John Hancock and say that the British were coming to arrest everybody.
3: Yeah. By right. land. By land. By land.
1: But he's basically he's going to find Jonas Clark in Lexington. Uh, on the surface, him going to Lexington was nothing unusual. It didn't raise alarm in any British troops because of course, you know, it would be normal for somebody to go there. But um, there are these other writers. So there was William Dawes, who was a second alert raiser, who joined on on route to, uh, uh, he joined at Mystic Village, which is now Medford. Mm. And they went to Lexington together. They got to the Clark home in Lexington. They delivered their warning. And they were like, why are there so many British guys coming They got to be doing something other than arresting people. And they thought, no, they're coming for the munitions, which are in Concord. So they go to Lexington. They backtrack to Concord again. Um, And then they meet up with Dr. Samuel Prescott. And then people get captured. Uh, They get questioned. Prescott escaped. He rode into the woods. Revere tried to escape. He rode in the opposite direction.
3: So Prescott's the third rider?
1: Yes. Mm. Um, The British recaptured Revere it's there's a whole thing, but eventually it led to the, one of the bloodiest battles in the colonial resistance at Concord. Yeah. So the whole thing of like, he did warn people along the way. Right. And he said to the British officers, like, everybody knows you're coming. So you don't want to do this. They did it anyway. And then huge fight. A lot of people died. Sure. Um, but <clears throat> I bring all this up because there is a lot of fact there and a lot of important historical context but the whole idea of him riding a horse by himself at midnight to concord is only one small part of it but that's the part that everybody rallies behind like oh patriotism for
2: for folklore's sake it's easier to distill four people into one person that's maybe more noteworthy it's
3: also more inspiring yeah look at what one of us can do imagine what all of us can do right that's the whole point
1: Exactly. I also read something about how his daughter was involved and did a lot some writing. She -hmm. was left out of this article, but whether that's true or not, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that got left out. Um, I just have a little bit about Davy Crockett. Okay. And you know a lot about Davy Crockett. He's the king of the wild frontier. He he killed him a bear
3: when he was only three.
1: Killed him a bear. (laughs) My dad, like
3: I said, my dad used to sing this song to me all the time as a kid. And I did not like that.
1: He's got the hat with the raccoon tail on it, or it's some kind of tail. He's got some kind of animal. that I read a lot about him, and everybody's has a different summation of his hat.
3: So he's a hunter. That's what we yeah. At. Yeah. But he has like he moved out of San Francisco. He
1: has a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has a distinctive hat made of animal pelt with a tail on it.
3: Remember the Parks and Rec where Ron wears the the raccoon hat? Yes. And Tom puts it on. and He's doing all these dumb lines, and at the end he just goes, "Hey." I'm an interesting person. Look at my hat. <laughs> no women are responding to him.
1: <laughs> so the tall tale I want to talk about with Davy Crockett is the Alamo.
3: Thank you, because I was just talking to my dad about this, and uh, yeah, he argued with me. He say, like, no, that's a real story. Like, it's not a real story at all.
1: Well, well d- I mean, some of it. Depends is, on which part you're talking about. They are under siege from the Mexican army. Santa Ana. Yeah and as the story goes he is one of a few men left standing that fight to the last man and davy crockett is the last man and he dies surrounded by 12 mexican soldiers with a with a kni- Bowie? Bowie knife Bowie Bowie knife. knife Bowie knife Bowie knife I'm hoping that you heard the same real thing that I heard once that he the he died with a mexican soldier on top of him Bowie knife <laughs> Starman knife buried <laughs> in the chest of the Mexican sol- soldier up to the hilt.
3: Yep. And he turned into glitter and he floated up to the sky. Exactly. Bowie knife.
1: Um, but I read on History Net a very long article about all the different descriptions of his death. Did you read
3: one that he died in his sleep? That they just found him sleeping and they killed him? Mark's coming.
2: The version that I heard was that somebody was sick in bed and like his daughter was there helping him. But I think that Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone get conflated as the same thing.
3: I'm sure that's... Let's something. test this theory for a second here.
2: So I don't know anything about either of
1: them.
3: Bethany, can we ask you a question?
1: Come here, get on, get on mic for a second. Is that okay? How, how how did Davy Crockett die? I have no idea. The King, King of the Wild Frontier?
0: Yeah, I know who he is.
1: Do you remember the Alamo?
0: Nope.
1: Have you been to the basement of the album? <laughs> <This> did, <laughs>
3: no. stars at night? Are big and bright You've <laughs> been the heart of Texas. Texas. <clears throat> so
1: so that didn't wanna,
3: work as well as I hoped it would.
1: Just to give you a brief rundown of all the different versions of Davy Crockett's death. The hilt thing. There's servants and there's Mexican soldiers and there's all these people. Some people say, yeah, he died with 16 men around him. He was the last one standing other people said well he was one of the last guys and he fought real hard some people say like there was a standoff and they said stop fighting and he said no and he ran at him and then he got gunned down and bayoneted by 12 men at the same time some people said that he was this is oddly homoerotic <laughs> <laughs> there's one where they said he and all his men were running toward the Alamo and he got shot dead and fell on his face and everybody else ran past him.
3: They're running toward the Alamo. That means they were running away.
1: No, they were like storming it. Look, it's weird. There's a lot of <laughs> who knows what even actually happened, but it was just like there. Yeah, we were...
3: don't know because nobody had survived.
1: Right, but they were storming at something, and then somebody, bang, shot him in the face, and he landed on his face, and they're like, well, that's David Crockett. There's other things that say that he was captured.
3: I've heard that, Taken
1: too. miles away, uh, um, interrogated, and then murdered. There are people that say that he was captured inside the Alamo, put up against a wall, and then executed by firing squad. That, and then there's the conjecture that he might have died in bed with a flu or some shit. Like,
3: And then I, like, I heard one that he was stabbed to death while sleeping.
1: Yeah. We'll never know. I mean, I I can put the link to this on the Facebook or something, but it's like, here's a name and he says this. Here's a name and she says that. But I think it's the, fucking crazy.
3: I mean, I think the reason those stories
1: pop up, the heroic ones, is because, like... <clears throat>
3: You want to try to put a positive light on that outcome. Did not go well
1: for the Americans. Yeah. I mentioned the thing about um, Andrew Jackson earlier. He also fought against Native Americans. Like, basically anywhere that Americans were invading to take the land and then called heroes for having done it, Davy Crockett was like, hell yeah, let's fucking do it. So what's the common story in Mexico? i Santa Ana. Some. Well, that's what I'm yeah. wondering.
3: Like, hmm. that. I don't know. Like, that's a great question. And feathered. Like, what's the? What's the, you know? what I mean, what did the winners say? Uh it's Something, something humiliating, probably.
1: I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. That's worth following up.
3: Yeah, on. I think uh, I think an episode in the Alamo would be good. I learned an interesting Alamo
2: guitar fact. Today, a
3: brand or something about the Alamo. Animal. No, Anamo you guitars? know Gretsch guitars. Yeah.
2: The inlays that they have, yeah, it's like a little block with a hump on the top. Mm-hmm. It's modeled after the outside of the Alamo. Why is Gretsch a
3: Texas company?
2: They're associated with Western stuff.
3: okay. Mm. I've always wanted a Gretsch okay. guitar.
1: Yeah, Brian Setzer, famous Texas historian.
3: <laughs> so, can I tell you about two two individuals? Please. Um, you want real or fake? Well, why don't, why don't you go Do you and you want then real we'll guess. Fake lore? Yeah. Well, here's one. Neither of these are real people, but one of them is real folklore. One of them would be considered fake lore. Alfred Bulltop Stormalong. Alfred Bulltop Stormalong is a story that originated in Massachusetts of a giant sailor. It is said that he washed up on the beaches of New England, or on a beach of New England, as a baby. And as a baby, was already 18 feet tall big guy <laughs> yeah he grew to 30 feet tall this is like honey i shrunk the kids yeah he was a 30 foot tall sailor everybody else is normal size this is important because he had a ship he was the captain of a ship most commonly called the courser but i also heard in stories it being called the um tuscarora but the ship was so big that it had hinged masts so that it would avoid hitting the sun or the moon They understood. Um, And it had a stable of Arabian horses that his crew would use to ride from end to end of the ship. Because again, it's very big. He's (laughs) the only person strong enough to steer it, for he's 30 feet tall. They also have a legend about him that explains the White Cliffs of Dover. Because they tried to sail through the English Channel and got stuck on the cliffs and then used soap to get themselves loose, and rubbing the (laughs) soap turned the cliffs white. That's a story. This is obviously the real folklore because it's it's robust. Yeah. Um,
1: What's this guy's name? Frederick Big Al- Guy?
3: Alfred, Alfred Bulltop Stormalong. The name Stormalong I read um, dates back to um, some like uh, like African American songs and some sea shanties. So that name Stormalong was like a a common like wayfaring name okay. that got rolled into this character. Okay. He also famously had a feud with a kraken. At one point in his story, he fails to beat the kraken and gets so upset that he becomes a farmer.
1: Is the kraken meant to be a giant squid? Yeah.
3: Okay. Big squid. Eventually, he beats the kraken by pushing it into a whirlpool that it cannot escape from. Okay. So that's Alfred Bulltop Stormalong.
1: That is similar to a story about Thor fighting the world serpent. Jormungandr. Jormungandr. Y- <laughs> and he hits it so hard with his hammer that it goes to, goes back in time. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: we talked we, about that. We did. This is like when like you tell somebody episode. you're going to hit yeah. them
3: so hard that when they wake yeah, up their like, clothes, you're going to be out, out of style. Yes. Yeah, you don't go back in time. You just go into a coma. It's like a threat
1: situation. that a mother would give in the 50s when that kind of thing was funny, like child abuse. Yeah. Corp. Capital punishment. <laughs> the guy at the bank the guy at the bank they gotta bring back capital punishment for these kids this?
3: joe and i were at a bank and we were talking to a guy there who was a like a loan officer or something and we were talking about how we were educators and he said hey, i have a hard time with kids and they need to bring back capital punishment well, he meant corporal punishment it's not good either <laughs> way but it was very strange joe and i were <laughs> taken aback it was the chase bank in the short north and every time I'm down there, I think about that.
1: Every, yes, every time I walk past.
3: Well, we also, for a while, we would play outside of Big front, big Fun, so we'd play right across from this Chase Bank. And I would just always think about that exchange. <laughs> um, here is the fake lore. Joe, how were you say his last name? Montana. Right? Magarak? Magarak was how I was saying it, too. He's the patron saint of steelworkers. He did an album with uh, Elvis Costello. (laughs) Um, He's depicted as being either Croatian, Hungarian, Serbian, or,
1: as I read, Bohemian. He's Eastern European. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Bohemian. I always hear this in reference to, like, people with culture that wear flowy skirts. Is Bohemia a place? No. I take Bohemian
3: to mean basically nomadic. Bohemia is
1: a Germanic
3: province. But that's... Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that what they mean by this?
2: I think it's taken a different meaning. It means kind of like the...
1: People who live in studio apartments the Toulouse and eat granola. LaTrec
3: art stuff of the... T- like. I heard Eugene Levy make a Toulouse-Lautrec joke yesterday on Conan O'Brien's podcast. It's just funny that you said that name.
1: I don't even know what that is.
3: He's talking about with the times, buzzer. He was talking about <laughs> scripts where people are improv and he yeah. doesn't like it. He's like, it's a, it's a kind of a LaTrec. And everybody says anything. He's like, it's too loose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he was said to be able to do the work of 29 men because he worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Now, assuming an eight-hour work day, how does that math work out? <laughs> You get 29 men. It's not an arbitrary number. Well, it's not like 30 men. There's
1: paid time off. There's pay, yeah. Uh, there's federal holidays. Yeah.
3: He was said to have the sick time of 29 men, but he never used it. <laughs> 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 um, he was. This is the most. Here's the interesting thing. Well, all this is is interesting. Uh, first of all, his last name is translates, I think, loosely to donkey in Croatian. For some reason, okay. Um, he is said to be born inside of an ore mountain and he's physically made of steel and can transition from human like skin and bone to steel. Oh, like Colossus, like Colossus, exactly like Colossus. Although Colossus can't switch back and forth, right? He, he can, oh, he can,
1: yeah, yeah, not in the not in Deadpool, but right, in right, the comic book, he can. Um, the and real he, version yeah, and <laughs> of he, the guy who
3: was steel skin. <laughs> right. And he protects <laughs> steel workers. One example in the story is him stopping a 50-ton crucible from falling on a group of steel workers. So, um, and he is said to live in Pittsburgh. Although this story is apparently spread across the Midwest, a lot of steel towns, the story is pretty consistent that he's in Pittsburgh.
2: There's a statue of him that was part of a bridge in Pittsburgh.
3: There's also, there was a big statue of him in Kennywood. The okay. amusement park as well. So,
1: And this is Kenny Rogers' amusement park. Yes. Kenny Ro- yes. I'm asking for real. No,
3: Kenny Wood is just a famous amusement park in Pittsburgh. I think we talked about this already. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: Because Dollywood, because they do albums together, I thought maybe right. she started an <laughs> amusement park and he was like,
3: right, I can do that. They, they're not related. <laughs> but what makes this fake lore is that this first appeared in print in 1931 in Scribner's Magazine article by Owen Francis. So, Owen Francis created this character. He claimed to have heard the story from Croatian immigrants, that it was real folklore. But there was research done in the 50s that failed to discover any such oral history of Joe Magarak.
1: So, oh, like, they couldn't like, find any record of a giant man made of steel?
3: <laughs> or any record that the Croatian immigrants had this story as part of their oral history. There were no Croatian immigrants. They couldn't find any. They couldn't find Croatia, so <laughs> this is not a real story. <laughs> um, so Joe Magarac, yeah, the patron saint of steelworkers. I read that he had big old ladle hands and
2: would drink molten steel and eat ingots. Yeah. Again, he was made of steel. Twist and pull railroad ties, tracks
3: with his bare hands. The pictures of him, the the drawings, are very um. They have an essence of a Fabio on on the front of a romance novel. It's like a big ripped, sweaty dude, and there's sparks flying everywhere. Like somewhere between the cover of a romance novel and like a. a foreigner welding, welding music catalog. video <laughs> lives the drawings of this man.
1: <laughs> he's like Tani Katane on the hood of a car. <laughs> exactly. Um, question for you guys. Yeah. Yep. Of all the lore that we've talked about today, what is, there's probably multiple commonalities, but what is the most glaring commonality between all of these stories? Men. Exactly. So I took a moment to look up women in folklore and what I found, which is frankly sounded sarcastic. Yeah. So I'll give you some examples. <clears throat> jesse james and the widow Mm. this is under legendary and infamous heroines
3: so i should expect her to be portrayed as a hero here
1: correct a missouri widow sees the softer side of jesse james that nope that's not a heroine Uh, the maid of the mist the myth of the maiden who lived behind the falls of niagara and the origin of the famous horseshoe falls didn't create the niagara falls
3: she just is back there
1: she's just there
3: Spraying water in your face. Uh,
1: Mother leads in the birth of the Jersey Devil. If you remember our thing about the Jersey Devil,
3: yes, our this is not a I heroine.
1: No. The story is that she was such a loose woman that she had fifteen children, and the fifteenth, no, the thirteenth children, the thirteenth one was a devil. Yeah, she birthed the demon. Um, yellow cow and Babe the blue ox. It was just some cow that Babe met along the trail or something.
3: And female being a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just yellow.
1: Um, there's strong women. There's a couple of examples here. Calamity Jane. Calamity but Jane. But only famous because she's associated with Wild Bill Hickok. Hickok. Wasn't Sorry. she a real person? Annie uh, Oakley was. Yeah. And then Annie Oakley was is the other one. I was going mention Annie Oakley. Who was also a real person. Was Calamity Jane a real person? Uh, ostensibly. Hmm. There's Slewfoot Sue. You mentioned her. That's not a... St- Maybe she was a strong woman, but she also got bucked to the moon.
3: She, she wrote a catfish?
1: Um, there's witches. There's female ghosts. Curious girls. <laughs> um, my favorite one, under Legendary Heroines. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read this. These are not my words. Brer Rabbit Meets a Tar Baby. And the caption on... American net. She just sat there saying nothing, but the Tar Baby is still a famous lady. What is a Tar Baby? It is, is it a horrific is? ethnic slur That's for thought. an African person.
3: Oh my god. Brer
1: this is say it ain't the so. first one on a list of women in American Folklore, and that is why I said this seems like it's sarcastic.
3: I mean... Or it's accurate. Like, there's an exclamation point. Folklore points. has been terrible to women.
1: There is an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. Still a famous lady. Like, eh, what are you gonna do? Take what you can get. So, all this to say, women are uh, not well represented in American uh, tall tales.
2: Most of these stories involved a profession as well. Right. Maybe that has something to do with
1: it. I thought about looking up, like, Florence Nightingale and seeing if her story has become a tall tale. I don't think it really qualifies. It's not fantastical. I think it does get um, inflated. It's maybe legendary in the same way that Paul Revere is. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. fair, yeah.
3: That it's just a little bit expounded upon.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I know. I feel bad that my uh, created folklore is a woman.
1: Because it's not positive. Oh, no, it it's not positive. No, it... <laughs> Do you want want to hear it? (laughs) Funny wins. I'm interested in what you're... Well, well, I I just do want to ask a quick question to kind of maybe cleanse the palate a little bit from that bad news. Modern tall tales. Mm. I wrote down a few that I thought... Would
3: qualify
2: And the
1: more we talk about tall tales, the the less I think they really qualify. But maybe they're on the trail of that.
2: So far, we've had examples of legitimate tall tales from an oral tradition. Tall tales based on actual people. Tall tales... Well, fake lore, I guess, that yeah, are like mm-hmm.
3: kind of written and then of have
2: worked itself into the ethos, yeah,
3: or didn't really. The fact that they didn't d- catch well, on is kind of what makes them fake. Pecos lore. Bill mm-hmm. kind of
2: did, I think. Yeah, that but he was popular about, enough like, that people know him. Feeble
1: Feeblesen Feeble,
3: was was a thing for like twenty or thirty years, and now if you go to Nebraska, people probably don't know this story. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So my thoughts on this in in, in twenty twenty. Are presidents, you got JFK um, remembered more for the positive than the negative. I think maybe in a hundred years that will become a legendary thing similar to um, Teddy Roosevelt. I would argue that the exploits of Teddy Roosevelt riding up the hill, Spanish-American war, getting shot, not killing the bear.
3: But a lot of that stuff is real. That's true. A lot of that is substantiated story, <laughs> which is nuts.
1: So maybe not a tall tale. Maybe just he's incredible maybe a bad stories. example.
3: Like did Taft really get stuck in a bathtub?
2: I think so.
1: Well, let me let me rephrase. Teddy Roosevelt's story reads like a tall tale, it does. and it's presented like a tall tale. It is. So in the storytelling style of it, mm-hmm. I would argue that it, it fits into it.
3: I will say this about Teddy Roosevelt: the place to what you're saying. All the pictures you see of Teddy Roosevelt, like before his presidency, are him in like frontier clothing. But he came from an affluent family. He bought those clothes and took those pictures to portray himself that way. So, although a lot of those stories are real, he went out of his way to develop that sort of a character. Creating his own legend. He created his own legend and did a bunch of stuff that helped. There really he really a lot okay. of things happened to him that really did help, but he tried to create that he He was not a frontiersman; he came from a wealthy family
2: he came from a wealthy family, but I think that he was sick as a kid and went and did all that stuff just to like
3: yeah exactly, mm-hmm. but he Bu- I mean, buff
2: himself
1: up he
3: bought those clothes yeah. he, it was like a costume at least
1: for a while. I would also mention Ronald Reagan with the assassination attempt. I think a lot of modern Republicans 60s, seventy years old hold him in such high regard. Maybe not tall tale level, mm-hmm. but still kind of fantastical, like his economic things. And he was an actor and he was so great and he survived being shot. And in that same vein as FDR, he flawlessly brought about the new deal, ended world war two, never made a mistake. Everything was perfect. Um, my dad is very into Ronald Reagan. He says he didn't, the more he learns about FDR, the more problematic he seems, and his dad would not hear a negative word about FDR. So this kind of generational yeah. Um, legend.
3: Yeah,
2: I would maybe take what what you're saying a step further and argue that um, like memes and creepypasta are the new tall tale. So like oh, Slend- Slender yeah, Man yeah. is that a That makes a tale? lot of sense. Yeah. All the stories that I could think of, though, are maybe a little bit more nefarious.
3: They're horror-based. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the girl that'll appear next to your bed with a knife if you don't forward this email.
3: Well, is Sasquatch a tall tale? All oh, these mythic things that we talked about in that episode, are they, they're folklore, right? Hmm. The Sasquatch is folklore. The Chupacabra, that's folklore.
2: That's folklore, but I wouldn't say that it's a tall tale.
1: It's not a tall tale, but it, it does qualify for folklore under that definition. That's for sure. But with the tall tale being taking a story and stretching it to extreme measures, I think the very idea of Sasquatch is already that. So you can't really exaggerate the legend or the actions of Sasquatch since it's already legend. I do. It's definitely folklore. Just tall tale seems like mm-hmm. kind of a narrow avenue.
3: Yeah, I know what you're saying.
1: Uh, but I think we have some modern folk tales, uh, some modern tall tales for 2020 that we'd like to share. So I know, I know you had one, Dave.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to tell the story of uh, Pure Karen. Pure Karen oh, that was sirens. Pure Karen is a non-GMO touting food blogger who complained so hard about vaccines that she created all the Whole, flu- whole Foods across America.
1: <laughs> they sprung out of the ground and she's 30 feet tall <laughs> <laughs> she's just because
3: <clears throat> they sprouted out of the ground because she's 30 feet tall
1: there you go yeah she stomped a defiant foot at a JCPenney she fell so all... <laughs>
3: hard on a jade egg that
1: <laughs> she hatched from a jade that egg.
3: all pesticides dispersed into the into space and were never seen again
1: when she got her swoopy Short in the back, long bangs in the front, haircut. I was just thinking about that. All the hair flew out the window and planted itself into the ground and, yeah, she, and regrew the, the the forest. She complained so hard to the manager
3: that never a Dillard's was seen again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Mark, did you have one? Yes. Um,
2: mine is Big Chad Chill. <laughs> he is an entitled business student at OSU.
3: Does he ride in in an Uber, ever, Mark? He
2: rides in an Uber. <laughs> um, his his father pays for all of them. Of course. Um, he can outdrink all the other guys in his frat. He's friends with all the people on the Miami lacrosse team, <laughs> and he studies uh,
1: business marketing, but never has to study. Correct. All right. I've got three very, very real. <laughs> Tall tales for twenty twenty. Okay, because we are in. I keep wanting to say twenty nineteen. I think twenty nineteen sounds like more comedic. Twenty twenty is too round. I don't. Twenty
3: nineteen sounds more real, and therefore it's easier to play on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the first one is uh, Just Jess Jess nineteen ninety five party horn emoji cat with hard ice emoji. Jess <laughs> Jess. Yeah. Uh, And she's an influencer. Oh, no. And her story is that she was challenged by a Taiwanese Twitter bot to get 10,000 followers by Amazon Prime Day. (laughs) And as she finished, just barely ahead, her roommate logged on to Disney Plus and pulled too much bandwidth and her Wi-Fi was too weak for a live stream.
3: (laughs) And she's 30 feet tall.
1: (laughs) Everybody's 30 feet tall. She's actually three feet tall. She's three three feet tall. Uh, the next one is Chuckling Chet Daniels, aka the Brick Shithouse of Central Maryland, <laughs> <laughs> famous for last wing one of those weird clouds of gnats on his moped.
3: <laughs> <laughs> weird clouds of gnats. God, we get those everywhere in Columbus in the summertime.
1: Those are called ghosts. Did you know that
3: they're called ghosts mm-hmm. by who? Uh,
1: it, entomologists. Really yeah and the f- the last one is garrett w roberts and his story goes like this facebook police according to his profile headline took down many a cuck in his peak during the wild frontier of 50 and up use of social media <laughs> champion of clinton for prison in 2016 and kept up The use of the phrase until he was reported and pulled off of Facebook by admin for crimes against snowflakes and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez claimed to have created the original meme of, but her emails, which he posted in his Benghazi Yahoo chat discussion group, but conflicting reports say that he actually asked his granddaughter to pull it from a forwarded email started by drudge report discussion board moderators.
3: (laughs) Is this Facebook picture one of those ones when it's done on a shitty flip phone from beneath somebody's chin?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. He took footage of uh, a Somali family using uh, food stamps at a Whole Foods uh, vertically on his iPhone 7. Is this a thing? Did that happen? That's a thing people do sometimes. Okay. They say... Pure Karen would do that. <laughs> I felt the last one didn't hit as hard as the other two.
3: <laughs> well, it, was just a little, it was a little too real. My original thinking was along those same lines, and I was like, this is depressing. So <laughs>
1: Yeah. Also, I looked up, Al- I I wanted to make sure I spelled her name right, uh, Alexandria o- Ocasio-Cortez, and she's uh, younger than we are. She is.
3: Hmm. Makes you feel like you're not doing much, right? Sometimes.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: So there's that. So uh, from this, I think we are definitely going to have an episode about the Alamo, and maybe an episode about those weird batches of gnats <laughs> in the sidewalk. <laughs> I didn't know we're called ghosts.
1: you Ever walk into one of those?
3: Yeah, yes. Every time I walk outside in the summer, <laughs> they're always just in a weird spot. There's no consistency. It's not like they're oh, they're adjacent to a dumpster. Like they're just there.
1: They're just in the middle.
3: Why?
0: <laughs>
3: Once it them. is like June, they're just everywhere. You know when I always run into them when we're playing a festival and I'm carrying gear. I can't block my face. I got two hands full of gear and I hit one of those every time.
1: Okay, well, tall tales, interesting stuff. All right, well, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. So long. Bye.